0: Chapter 20 of The Fortune Hunter, a novel of New York Society by Anna Cora mawett This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kelly Taylor. That man that hath a tongue, I say, is no man, if with his tongue he cannot win a woman. Shakespeare mr brainard realizing that after his discomfiture at mr clinton's that there was no time to be lost immediately proceeded to pay his devoirs to miss adair he was informed at the door that miss adair was engaged which according to the fashionable vocabulary means "en déshabille," but mr brainard was not thus to be satisfied a desperate effort must be made and made before the little melodrama enacted at the clintons was publicly discussed he took his card and tracing upon it a few tender words dispatched it to miss adair the answer he received was that if he would make himself at home miss adair in the course of a few minutes would be with him a fashionable lady's few minutes is generally half an hour but when the lady has reached a certain age and requests those minutes while awful beauty puts on all her charms the few minutes generally extend themselves to an hour and a half at least mr Brainerd found this to be the case but he did not regret the opportunity thus offered him of preparing sundry speeches and observations with which to greet the lady of his affections besides calling to mind all the scandal he had ever heard, and some he had not heard, in order to satisfy the well-known cravings of Miss Adair's appetite for the curious and extraordinary. When the rustling of the lady's silk dress proclaimed that she had made her appearance, Mr. Brainerd started from his musing mood, and almost prostrated himself at the fair one's feet how do you do mr brainard where have you been hiding yourself lately what have you been doing how is mr ellery are you as great a friend as ever i hear he has cut the fannings. do you know them have you heard why all your acquaintances are dropping them dreadful affair is it not mr brainerd commenced answering the lady's questions in order but this was more than expected for miss adair interrupted him with twenty other queries which he thought it advisable to evade by making some tender observations which were intended as a preface to the question which he himself was impatient to ask at these observations miss adair probably blushed but the rich carmine that already tinted her cheek did not permit any additional hue to become visible seizing the auspicious moment when the lady thought it proper to hang down her head with maidenly modesty and become suddenly silent mr Brainerd poured forth his feelings in the most appropriate and touching language and concluded by soliciting miss adair to change her maiden glances for a name and for a ring consent on such occasions is usually communicated by silence but miss adair's heart which was accustomed to overflow at her lips would not now be tutored and after insuring mr brainard's happiness by answering his question the impulse to make a few necessary queries on her own part was so strong that she could scarcely forbear saying where do you intend to live have you thought of a house have you a carriage building do you prefer uptown or downtown don't you intend to pass a summer at the springs when do you intend to be married The last question mr brainer probably divined for he declared that there was nothing he hated like a long engagement that in his opinion when parties were once affianced that they were wedded in the sight of heaven and therefore he urged that the ceremony should take place before the close of that very week miss adair made a few bashful objections "'but finally permitted herself to be overpowered. "'And on an occasion so solemn, so important, "'so touching to every man of feeling,' said Mr. Brainerd, "'I think privacy particularly desirable.' miss adair thought otherwise she wished to relinquish her maiden liberty before the face of the world she was proud of the resignation and cared not how many witnesses beheld her assume new chains mr brainard pleased for a private wedding with all the eloquence he could command he professed to think the duties into which he was about entering so important the vow he was about making and receiving so solemn one that involved so many considerations that the presence of strangers would distract his thoughts and make him enter into the holy estate of matrimony without due gravity after much persuasion miss adair consented to all his wishes and it was agreed that they should be married on the morning of the fourth day from that time that her two brothers and her bridesmaid only should be present and that in the afternoon they should leave new york and take a tour through the eastern states Mr. Brainerd now felt his happiness much more secure than he ever had done during his engagement to Esther Clinton, and realized in a few days he should be able to bid defiance to Mr. Badger and cut his acquaintance forever. End of chapter twenty